Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are the one true God, and we have come to worship you because you alone are worthy of our worship. We, we confess our sins to you and ask you forgive us, help us to forgive those that have hurt us. We want to thank you for giving us life and thank you for giving us new life. Thank you for washing away our sins. Thank you for giving us your spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you we have a building to live in and air conditioning and, and freedom of religion in our country. Thank you. We come as a needy people. You know our needs. Meet our needs. And as we open your word today, may we leave here more in love with you and may we love your word more than when we came. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I have seen a lot of games in my life. I've seen a lot of soccer games. I've watched a lot of football games. I've watched a lot of basketball games. And a lot of them were good, but I've never watched a game twice. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't that good. I've read a lot of books, a lot of books in my life, and um, only one or two books I've ever read were so good that I read them twice. Matter of fact, this is one I have. It's, it's my favorite book. People ask me, Smiley, what's your favorite book? It's Eternity in Their Hearts. It's written by Don Richardson, a Christian anthropologist. Some people would think that's an oxymoron. It's so good. It's how God's plan from the beginning was to bless a people and then through that people and through Jesus to bless all the nations. It's, I've read it twice. But this book, is different. This is the Bible. I've read through the Bible every year for the last 40 years. And it is a book not like any other book. Every time I read it, it's better than it was the time before because I see Jesus more clearly than I did the time before. And so what we're going to learn today is that a disciple loves the Word. So let me ask you, do you love the Word? Do you look forward to Sundays? Because Sundays you get to gather with other people and you get to hear the Word of God. Are you excited on Sundays? Do you love small group? Because you get to gather with 10 other people and open up the Word of God together and study the Word of God together. Do you love that? Do you? Do do you love that you own a copy of the Bible and in the morning you can't wait to get up and spend time with Jesus? Do you? Because you see, a disciple loves the Word. If you... have your Bible, you can turn with me to John chapter 8, and I know I'm supposed to start reading in verse 31, but I'm going to start reading one verse earlier to get a running head start. Verse 30, as he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. So Jesus was saying to those Jews 
who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So there's that word, disciple. Disciple. A disciple loves the word. Jesus' last command, his last command was to go and make disciples of all the nations. Um, and, and his last command should be our first concern. All of us, our first concern should be to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples and, until we win the world, until the world is one to Christ. And so if we're to call to make disciples, we've asked the question, well, well what, is a, what is a disciple? And we've said a disciple is a follower of Jesus. Isn't that what Jesus is saying? He says, if you continue in my word, if you listen to my word, if you follow my word, then you're truly disciples of mine. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. And if we, if we follow Jesus, what does that look like? And we've said a, a follower has three great loves. A disciple loves Jesus. Do you? A disciple loves one another. Do you love being with other Christians? Do, oh, a disciple loves one another. A disciple loves the loss. Is your heart broken over your neighbors and friends who don't know Christ? Are you intentionally moving toward them because you want to bring them to Jesus? Oh, this year, this year we've been learning how Jesus invites us on a disciple-making adventure. All of us. He wants all of us to be disciples. He wants all of us to be disciple-makers. And, and we've been learning that to really become a disciple and a disciple-maker is responding to four simple invitations that Jesus gives us. And We've said it's kind of helpful to think in terms of a chair. And, and all of us start in chair one where we're lost. And, and, then, and then Jesus says, come and see. And when we come and see him and we believe in him, then we, we move into chair two and we're believers. And Jesus says to us, follow me. Follow me. And, and as we begin to follow Jesus, after a while, he, he makes us workers. And as workers, he calls us to fish for men, to fish for men. And then after a while, we're, we're, we become disciple makers, and he says, bear much fruit. So when we come to faith in Jesus, one of the things we want to cultivate in chair two, one of the things we want to cultivate as a believer is we want to cultivate a love for the word, a love for the word. Because Jesus says, follow me, and so we learn how to follow him in the word, and so a disciple loves the word. And when we develop a love for the word, it's a lifelong love for the word. Um, that's kind of our story here. See, our story here begins, and there are people in chair one, there are people who are lost. There's a crowd the crowd is made up. In this crowd, there are, there are believers, and there's lost people, and there's religious people. Kind of like the people gathered here today, right? I mean, I'm sure here that there are lost people here, and there are believers here, and there's religious people here. And, and the lost people, someone invited them. Jesus is in town. Come and see Jesus. Come and see Jesus. And... Um, as he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. And, and so Jesus shared the gospel, the bad news and the good news, and there were people who believed. Perhaps you're here today because Jesus, someone invited you to, to come and see Jesus and come and see Jesus, and we're so glad you're here. You, you see, Jesus shares the gospel. Jesus came to proclaim the gospel, and, and the gospel has bad news and good news. And here's the bad news. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. The bad news is we were all lost at one time. Well, what does that mean, smiley, that we were lost? 
It means that we were born in sin, and because we're sinners, we've all committed crimes against God, and our crimes against God have separated us from God and makes it, us unable to save ourselves. And you say, what do you mean a crime against God? <laughs> have you ever told a lie? You ever told a lie? That's a crime against God. Did you know that? Have you ever, have you ever stolen anything, maybe in your whole life? You ever steal anything? See, that's a crime against God. That breaks God's laws. Growing up, growing up, did you ever, ever disobey your parents? Ever. That's a crime against God. Have you ever made a decision in your life? You ever made a decision and you didn't put God first and, and wanted to do what God wanted to do, but you did what you wanted to do? That's a crime against God. And all of us have committed crime after crime against God, a God who's just, a God who can't wink at sin and let us in the back door, and we're in trouble. See, once you understand the bad news, we were lost. The good news is really, really good, right? Listen to this. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Since we were lost, we couldn't save ourselves. So God the Son put on flesh and came to earth. Jesus is unique, fully God and fully man, who lived a perfect life for us, tempted in every way that we are, yet never sinned. And then, and then he went to the cross, and all of our crimes were placed on him. He became our substitute. All of our crimes put on Jesus, and he died in our place. And then on the third day, he rose. Because, listen, death is the penalty for sin. And since Jesus had paid the penalty for sin in full, he, he walked out of the grave. Death couldn't hold him anymore. And he offers us eternal life. He offers us forgiveness for all of our sins. You ever done something you wish you could be forgiven of? That's what Jesus offers us. He offers us real life. He offers us the opportunity to do life with him and life for him now. And he offers us the opportunity to do eternity with him and for him. And our part uh, in chapter 6 of John, Jesus says, truly, truly. And when Jesus says that, he says, this is really important. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. Remember the first time I heard that, it was kind of like, it can't be that simple. can't be that simple. Don't stumble over it because it's simple. It's simple and true. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. But Smiley, what does it mean to believe in Jesus? And we love to say it's as simple as ABC, that it's admit, believe, commit. There was a day in my life where I admitted to Jesus that I had sinned against him. And if you never have, won't you do that today? Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And there was a day I, I believed in Jesus. I said, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. Won't you? There was a day I committed my life to Jesus as Savior and Lord. Jesus, come into my life and be my Savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. Um, it's so great to go to bed at night knowing I'm forgiven. Wouldn't you like to? And then, and then I said, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. And he did. And I want you to know my life goes so much better with Jesus leading it than when I did. Man, isn't that true? So if you haven't, won't you admit and believe and commit? And when we do that, when we do that, then we move from being lost to being a believer. 
That's what we read about here. That's what happened here. As he spoke these things to him, many came to believe in him. Jesus was saying to those Jews who, who had b- believed him, if you continue in my word, then you're truly disciples of mine. He says, listen, now you're a believer, so I want you to follow me, to follow me, to stay in my word. And we say, well, how do we follow Jesus? And he says, what? In my word. Last week, last week we talked about the authority of the Bible, didn't we? Uh, Last week we learned, I believe the Bible is God's word because Jesus did. I could give you many more reasons why I believe the Bible, but the main reason I believe the Bible is I believe the Bible is God's word because Jesus did. But today we're not speaking about the authority of the Bible. We're saying a disciple loves the word. (laughs) Do you? I mean, Sunday morning should be like going out to a restaurant where someone fixes a meal for you. Do you love coming and, and hearing the word of God? And, and, and then small groups, someone opens up their home, we can gather and we, we can hear his word together. And, and then, listen, we can get up and we can read the Bible ourselves. Do you do, do, you do that? Um, a disciple loves the word. I shared last week about our oldest daughter, Lydia. She loves books. When she was little, she would get a whole stack of them and then she would back into your lap and you'd have to read every page. I would try and cheat. You know, I would move a few pages and she would say, Dad, you missed a page. You've got to read them all. But I shared with you the best part, though, was every book, as she would open it up, she would go, Lydia, why do you do that? I love the smell of books. Do we really believe the Bible is the Word of God? Do we? Do we come on Sundays or go to small group or do we wake up in the morning because we love the smell of the Word of God? A disciple loves the Word because a disciple loves Jesus. And the Bible smells like Jesus because he's the main character in the Bible. We learn to follow the living word in the written word. Do you realize that? (laughs) Jesus is the living word, and this is the written word. I love this story about Billy Graham. Billy Graham's one of my heroes, the late and great Billy Graham. But years ago, and it must have been many years ago because he was invited to speak at Harvard, That probably hasn't happened in a while, right? So he's invited to speak at Harvard. When he's being introduced at Harvard, the professor introducing him says, this is Billy Graham, and he wants to put distance between himself and Billy Graham. And he says, and unlike Billy Graham, I don't worship the written word. I worship the living word, Jesus Christ. And uh, Billy Graham is gracious and uh, is wise as always says, uh, that's a good word. That's a good word. And I want you to know, class, that I too worship the living word. But everything I know about the living word, I found in the written word. That's good, isn't it? And listen, a disciple loves the written word because a disciple loves the living word. So, so let me help you see that. Um, 
I want you to, in John chapter 1, I'm up here and I'm talking and I use words to communicate with you, right? So Jesus has many names. Jesus has many names and Jesus and, and Christ and the light of the world and the bread of life, right? He's got many names, but one of his names is he's called the Word. And he's called the Word because he communicates God to us. How do we know what God is like? Through Jesus, he's the Word. So I want you to read verse 1 with me, and then I'm going to ask you, what are three things we learn about the Word from verse 1? All right, read it with me, okay? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in the first phrase, what's the first thing we learn about the Word? Speak up, be confident. What? He was there in the beginning. See, a lot of people think Jesus came into being on Christmas. No, no. No, no. In the beginning was the Word. The Word is eternal. Okay? We discovered that about the living word in the written word, right? Now, what's the second phrase? What do we learn about the word in the second phrase? Was with God so that the word is a person. The word is a person. And, and the word was with the Father and with the Spirit from the beginning. And then what's the third thing we learn? The word was God. That the word was God. That's what we discover about the living word when we open up the written word. And then, let's read verse 14 together. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glorious of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John says, the word became flesh. There was a mountain. There was a mountain. And on that mountain, he was transfigured and his glory shone out. And we were there. We saw it. What is God like? God is full of grace and truth. <laughs> Do you want to know Jesus? Love his word. Do you want to follow Jesus? Love his word. A disciple loves the Word because that's where we get to know Jesus. Now, I really didn't want to teach you today. Not, that's not what I want to do. What I really want to do today is I want to equip you to read the Bible. I'm, I don't want you to go home and say, oh, I learned something. No, I want you to go home and I want you to do something. Okay? Now, our action step for this week is to read, pray, and share the Word. I want to spend some time and equip you so you can read the Bible, read the Word, and then pray and share. Now, I'm not talking about getting a devotional book that has one Bible verse and then lots of writing. No, I want you to get a real Bible and open it up, And meet Jesus. Now, I want to help you though. You have a baby bird, right? You ever seen a bird in the nest? Baby birds, what? <laughs> and the mom has to go get the worms, right? And feed the bird. But birds are probably smarter than people because after a while, the mother bird says, What? That's enough. And she kicks the bird out and says, Go find your own dang worms, right? <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, how many, you know, people today would be 30 and starve to death if mom didn't feed them something to eat, right? But isn't growing up learning what? How to what? How to feed ourselves. 
How many Christians show up week after week like a baby bird? What? Feed me. Feed me. And I want to feed you. But I want to go way beyond that. I want to equip you to feed yourself. And I want you to know you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Ah, smiley, I can't read the Bible. I don't understand it. If you're a Christian, that's not true of you. If you're a Christian, the twin promises when you believe in Jesus is that you would be, have your sins washed away and you would be given the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to know Jesus has many names, many names, and so does the Holy Spirit. And in John 16, we see one of his names is he's called the Spirit of Truth. You see that? But when he, the Spirit of Truth, comes, do, do you hear something familiar? His word is true, right? Jesus said, I am the truth. <laughs> is there a reoccurring theme here? And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth. Now notice this, but when the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. We have two problems with the Bible on our own. First of all, we don't want to read it. And secondly, we don't understand it. But that all changes when we believe in Jesus. Because when we believe in Jesus, then we're born again. He gives us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives us the desire to read and the ability to read. Uh, I mean... Didn't that happen to you? When I first became a Christian, I had a hunger for the Word, don't you? And not only that, but I began to understand things I didn't understand before. I didn't understand everything, but a lot more than before. Isn't that what the Bible says? The natural man doesn't understand the things of the Spirit because they're foolishness to him. But the spiritual man understands all things. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit's moved in. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He'll help you see the living Word in every verse of the Bible. He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me. As you read the Scripture, do you see how much He loves you? Look at how much He loves you. Look at the life He lived. Don't you want to live like that? He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. <laughs> oh, man, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. If you're a Christian, you've been given the Holy Spirit. That's why when you read the Bible, you want to say, Holy Spirit, help me to understand. When you don't want to read the Bible, say, Holy Spirit, give me the desire to read. Give me the desire to read the Word, and then help me to understand it. And um, listen, you can do it. We can help you. That's why we've given you the study. Now, I want you to open up to, like, page 11 is, is we're here today. In page 12, there's a place. I'm asking you to read the Bible four times this week. Four times. Why four? Well, if I ask you to read the Bible four times, most of you will probably do it five or six times. And you'll feel pretty good about yourself. I did more than he asked me to. But if I ask you, read the Bible every day this week, most of you would read the Bible five or six times. But then you'd feel terrible about yourself. I'm a lousy Christian. I didn't do what I was asked to do. Listen, the Bible is God's gift to you. We can take gifts from God and turn them into burdens. It's a gift, not a burden. So, 
Many of you did this last month, but, but listen, this month we're going to read through together through 2 Corinthians, one chapter per day, four days a week. Uh, by the way, it'll take you 15 minutes to read a chapter, to, to write down some of your thoughts, and to pray over it, okay? That's 1% of your day. Do you love the Word? You can handle 15 minutes, right? So listen... Start with chapter 1, read a chapter, write down what your thoughts are, what your questions are, and then pray the Word, pray the Word. And you say, well, what do you mean to pray the Word? Well, our passage today is, if you continue in my Word, then you're truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. To pray the Word is, Jesus, thank you that I own a copy of your Word. Jesus, give me a hunger. Give me a hunger for your word. Help me to abide in your word. Lord, help me to experience the freedom that comes from knowing the truth. Thank you, Jesus. You just pray over what you read. And then I want you to go and share it with someone. One of the values of, of all of us doing this together is you can talk to other people in the church or in your small group. Hey, what would you learn this week? And they read the same chapter you did, and you can share with each other what you're learning. But when we begin to share with others what we're learning in our time with Jesus, Jesus will become more real to us. So here's what I'm asking you to do four days this week, 2 Corinthians 1, 2, 3, and 4. I want you to read the Word. And for many of you, it will be the first time ever. Take the step. And then pray. And then share. And I know, I know some of you say, well, Smiley, um, <clears throat> Do we read the Word because we love Jesus or do we love Jesus because we read the Word? I would say yes. <laughs> Wherever you are, keep going. It's kind of like I have an amazing wife and she's taken all the pictures of our kids and put them in yearly albums. So I like to get them down and look at them. And sometimes when I pick up an album and start looking at our family, I already have a love for my kids and my wife, and it's strengthened. And then sometimes I sit down, and, and, and maybe I'm just not feeling it, but when I start looking at all the pictures of all my family and all the things we've done, do you know what happens? My love gets renewed. <laughs> Ed brought out a birthday cake. I wish I could show you this page. It's me at the Riverview Club where we started with a mullet. And a suit <laughs> and orange chairs. Something happens to, in us when we remember, isn't it? And, and, and isn't that why we read the Bible, isn't it? We read the Bible to remember, don't we? It's not so much to learn new things as it is to be reminded. And so there will be days we wake up in the morning and we feel a love for Jesus. And because of that, we gladly open His Word. And as we open His Word, the Holy Spirit will exalt Jesus. Look at how much He loves you. He loved you before the world began. He came into the world for you. He arranged your whole life and drew you to himself. He's got things in store for you you can't even imagine. And our love for him grows. And the Holy Spirit will say, look at how Jesus lived. He lived a beautiful life. Don't you want to live like that? And our hearts are stirred and we'll pray, Lord, I want to live like you. And then we'll, we'll go and share with others. Let me share with you what I read in the word today. It was so good. But sometimes... Sometimes when we wake up, we don't really feel that love for Jesus. 
We're just not all that excited about reading the Word. That's when we really need to read the Word. Oh, I was having one of those days this week, and uh, maybe I'm the only person, but I find people really hard to love sometimes. And um, so I'm reading in Luke, and this passage, this is so good. Jesus says, Smiley, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? See the word credit? It's grace. Smiley, if you love those who love you, big deal. I mean, where is grace in that for even sinners love those who love them? Smiley, if you love people when they're lovely, big deal, everybody does that. How would anybody know you're a Christian if you only love people that love you? Jesus goes on, you know, he's saying, if you lend to, um, no, if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. So, Smiley, you do good to people who do good to you, big deal, everybody does that. Uh, if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Where's their grace in that? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount, but love your enemies. <laughs> I talk to people who say they don't need to pray. Can I share with you? I find it really hard to love the people I love. Anybody else have that problem? And Jesus calls me what? To love my... <laughs> oh, Jesus, I need help, man, Right? But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. Now, here's the good part. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. And I began to think about all those other people, those ungrateful and evil people Jesus is kind to. And then Jesus taps me on the shoulder and says, No, I was talking about you. Do you know how good Jesus has been to me? Do you realize how ungrateful I am and evil? And yet Jesus loves me. I tell you, just reading that just renewed my love for Jesus and my, and my love for one another and, and the lost. Wow. You see, that's what happens when we read the Word. When we read the Word, we grow in our love for Jesus and one another and the lost. And that's why a disciple loves the Word. You know what else I love? I love campfires. Do you, I mean, isn't that a great time? You have a campfire and you're gathered with your family or maybe your friends around a fire and the only problem is smoke likes me. I keep moving and everywhere I move, what, the smoke follows me? But you know, you're sitting around, you're talking and, and you're eating s'mores and, and uh, something's happening while you're doing that you don't realize that the smoke gets in your hair and it gets in your clothes and it gets everywhere right and then you go somewhere and what does someone say where have you been you smell like smoke you know what i'm praying for this week four days this week four days this week we read the word because it smells like Jesus. Four days this week, we read the Word and pray the Word and share the Word, and then someone this week, someone this week notices and says, you've been with Jesus, haven't you? You smell just like Him. Wouldn't that be great? Let's pray. 
Jesus, thank you for coming to seek and save the lost. We were lost. Thank you. And listen, if you're here today and, and, and you've never believed in Jesus, won't you? Won't you, where you are, admit to him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And won't you believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And won't you commit, Jesus, I, I want you to be my Savior and, and, and forgive me and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be, won't you? And if you've done that, won't you mark on your card, we'd love to celebrate with you. Lord, I pray for those here today who love your word and read your word that they would continue. And Lord, I pray for many, many here who've never picked up the Bible and read it. That many this week, for the first time, would pick up the word and read. And that, Holy Spirit, you would help us to see Jesus. Lord, I pray that many would read the word for the first time, that we would pray, that you would teach us how to pray the word. Lord, I pray that we would share the word this week. And Lord, I pray that there are many people this week who could tell that we've been with you because we actually start to smell like you. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.